Warning, this podcast will challenge your thinking. Welcome to Business Problems Solved. In this podcast, we help you solve your business problems by providing real examples and practical approaches to make today better than yesterday. Introducing your host, the multi-sector, self-professed, most improved improvement person and qualified business problem solver, Lee Horton. Hey, it's Lee. Welcome to Business Problem Solver, the fifth and final episode in the Not Just an International Author series. And what a final episode it is. Arguably the nicest man I have ever spoken to in my life, Chester Elton. Um, I had an opportunity to uh, to speak with Chester and contribute to his gratitude journal. And I am so grateful for the opportunity um, and also for the opportunity to chat with him and bring you this value and understand more about Chester. So this is, I think, a perfect way to end the Not Just an International Author mini-series on the podcast because I get to speak to the nicest man in the world. And I hope you agree at the end of this that Chester is that. Um, if you haven't yet subscribed to the podcast, then uh, then please do because it helps me get closer to amazing, amazing individuals like Chester and helps have conversations and bring them closer to us all. Have an amazing week and thank you so much for listening to this episode. Hey, it's Lee. Welcome to Business Problem Solved. I'm really excited today, really excited today. I've, I've got a conversation with the person who I actually believe is the nicest man in the world. Uh, so we're, we're talking to, uh, to Chester Elton, author of Carrot Principle, Anxiety at Work, Leading with Gratitude, keynote speaker, um, and top 10 leadership culture guru. I mean, there's so many things that we could use to uh, to describe you, Chester. Um, firstly, hello there. How are you? I'm doing great. Thank you for that, uh, you know, heartfelt introduction. I appreciate it. Yeah, we, uh, Adrian Gostick is my co-author. We've been writing for 20 years and and we've been very lucky along the way and blessed to, to get some fun monikers. You know, people always say, so how should I refer to you? And I said, well, you know, a whole bunch of years ago, the uh, Toronto Globe and Mail, which is Canada's largest newspaper, Adrian and I both grew up in Canada. Yeah. We both live in the States now, but they reviewed the Carrot Principle book, Lee, and they they dubbed us the Apostles of Appreciation. Wow. <laughs> Can I get an amen? <laughs> and uh, and we, we, we love that title. So uh, thank you for the introduction. Delighted to be here. Yeah, no, no, no. Um... I am. I've been really looking forward to this. Like I said in the introduction, so we um we connected. Um, so I've been following your work for a while, but we actually connected uh, recently, and and we've had a couple of conversations um, in in the last few weeks. And and when I say the nicest man, I, I genuinely believe that as well. You are um, just so genuine. Um, so it's an absolute pleasure to chat with you. But for those people who don't know who Chester Elton is, firstly, I mean. How do they not know who you are? And and secondly, how have you got to sit in that seat that you're in today? You know, um, that's such a big question. You know, uh, we were talking earlier. You might as well ask me, you know, what's the meaning of life? Yeah. I don't know how we, you know, any of us know how we got here. You know, I'm, I love uh, David Byrne and Talking Heads, you know, and he said, he goes, well, how did I get here? Yeah. <laughs> you know, and, um, you know, I think that you you work really hard. You surround yourself with really good people. And you do the right thing because it's the right thing to do. And, and I think good things happen. I, I was very blessed um, as a child 
to grow up in just a ridiculously happy household. You know, you, you say, who are the people that most impacted your life? And of course, a, a lot of us will say our parents, our brothers, maybe our grandparents, whoever, whoever raised us. The, the man that looms large in my life that I, I think of every day is my father, John Dalton Elton. His name was Dalt, went by Dalt. And to me, he was just bigger than life. You know, he was a, a radio announcer and then he, he ran radio stations. He had a great booming voice. And my mother was a, an accomplished pianist and they would put on concerts and he would recite poetry. And, you know, he just, he just was a guy that you wanted to be around because he made you feel better about yourself. You know, it's one thing to be around somebody and go, wow, that person's amazing. You know, I, I walked away from that conversation believing that she was the most interesting person in the world. Well, when you spent time with my dad, you'd walk away from my dad and you'd say, I think I'm the most interesting person in the world. <laughs> you know, do you understand yeah. the difference there? And yeah. everybody to him was interesting. Everybody had a story. He treated everybody with such grace and respect. Um, he had a saying that I love. Uh, he said, uh, be good to everybody. Everybody's having a tough day. And I thought, wow. You know, I remember him telling me that as a teenager, as we, as he helped a homeless lady into the park. Wow. And I said, Hey dad, you shouldn't touch those people. They're not clean. He goes, Hey, Chess, be good to everybody. Everybody's having a tough day. You know, be a helper. Wow. And, uh, and it's, it's really stuck with me. So yeah. Yeah. Well, I, and I will tell you, I had the good fortune to, to, meet Adrian Gostick. It was actually an arranged marriage. <laughs> Adrian is, a, is my co-author. Uh, we were working for the same company at the time. I had an idea to write a book. The CEO loved the idea, said, write the book. I said, I'm not a writer. I run your sales territory. And he said, you're a smart guy, figure it out. Well, he actually figured it out. About a year later, he said, I've hired a new director of communications, a VP of communications. His name's Adrian Gostick. Introduce yourself, write the book. Turned out Adrian grew up in Canada, as I did. We had that hockey thing going. You know, we were both big hockey fans. And a year later, we dropped our first book on his desk. It was Managing with Carrots. And uh, sold, you know, 30,000 copies, which is not bad. Yeah. And it launched our writing career. Uh, our latest book, Leading, or I'm sorry, uh, Anxiety at Work, is our 14th book. Wow. You know, we've sold like 1.6 million copies. They're in 30 languages. We've spoken all over the world. And all because uh, a leader said, Chess, you're a smart guy, figure it out, and then paved the way by yeah. introducing and hiring Adrian Gostick. And uh, Adrian Gostick isn't just my co-author and my friend. He's my, he's my brother. I mean, yeah. you spend 20 years together doing stuff. You either really like each other or, you've, or, 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 or you found an accommodation that's probably not that healthy, you know. And uh, yeah, I, I love him to death. He's my brother. Oh, amazing! So, I mean, just to have a role model like your father, just to, to go back a little bit and just about your father, and to have a role model like that at such an early, because what is evident in in everything that you do and everything that you write, then the the lessons and the teachings of your father that they they run through you, don't they? Um, oh, absolutely! I mean, the 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 most. I, I, I don't know quite what the word is. It's not the most important thing or the, the, the I guess the, the thing that I would identify most or be most proud of is people who knew my father. He's, he's passed away several years ago now, but knew, knew my father in meeting me. If, if they ever say, boy, 
you are your father's son. That's like yeah. the greatest compliment anybody could ever give me. Now, I have to tell you too, I'm the youngest of five boys in our family. And my four older brothers are all more amazing than I am. I mean, it's really interesting, you know, for all the accolades and stuff we've, we've, we've garnered. Um, I'm humbled to be the younger brother of four amazing older brothers. And we're all great friends. Our wives are great friends. We're all ridiculously happily married. And uh, so that ripple effect from my father, you know, started with my oldest brother, Tanner, to John, to Kim, to Byron, to, to Chester. And, and that legacy lives on in all of us, you know, not, not, not just me. And now that he's gone, it's so fun for me to call up my brothers and I hear his voice in their voices. Yeah. You know, I, I see his goodness in the, in their goodness. And uh, isn't that, isn't that just the best legacy ever? Oh, it, it's amazing. And I guess when you, when you asked before we hit record that what is the meaning of life? And I, I think <laughs> you, you, you might have, just, you might have just summed that up. If, if you can, um, if you can pass something on to somebody else, that then just continues that that goodness or that 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 message or those the lessons or just the way that people are, then then I think that is it's it that that's amazing, that's amazing. That's I think that's a testament of a, a of a good life. Yeah, yeah. Well, you know, I think at some point, and usually it's a little later in life, we reflect on uh, how will I be remembered? You know, what is my legacy? And more than you know, your career or your, 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 your books and your accolades. I think you look to your children, you look to your family. What, yeah. what did I pass on? What, what, am, what are my grandchildren going to remember? What are my kids going to re remember? Um, certainly success in business is great, you know, and, and we all need to pay our bills. Um, one of my favorite quotes is by a, a very famous uh, religious leader here in the, in the United States. His name is David O. McKay. And he said, uh, no success in business can ever compensate for failure in the home. And I think through COVID, you know, a lot of us have reflected, well, what's really important? Because we've spent a lot more time with our families. We've had to, you know, because we've had to hunker down. We've had to isolate. We've had to quarantine. And I honestly believe that if you, if you have great family relationships, COVID made them better. Mm -hmm. And if you had real problems... Uh, COVID probably made them worse. And we're seeing that, right? Divorces are up, abuses up, and so on. And so I'm delighted uh, to report that, you know, my relationship with my my kids and my wife has, has gotten better and deeper simply because I'm around more. You know, before COVID, I mean, I traveled every week. I mean, I was on a plane every week going somewhere, you know, conference, yeah. you know, video shoot, something. And... Uh, and it's been, it's, it's been hard because I'm very social, as you might guess, yeah. to not be able to be in a room and you know, hug people and slap them and you know, kiss them on both cheeks. And yet at the same time, it's been, it's been a delight to uh, wake up in the morning and see those faces every day. I love, I love that. So, would, yeah. Would, would they agree with you, Chester? Um, would, would, and what I mean, so I guess when you say... That the, the biggest compliment that, um, that that you can be given is that uh, about um, your father, you're, you are your father's son. How many children do you have? Four. Four children. Um, are they like you? 
I, you know, I hope so. I don't actually ask him that right out. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> hey, do you love your dad? Yeah. <laughs> you, know, you still love your dad? You know, I mean, when, you know I'll, I'll, I'll tell you, it's so funny. My daughter, Cassandra, right? we have an older daughter, Cassandra, and then three boys, you know, yeah. Carter, Brendan, and, and Garrett. And uh, I used to tease him and, uh, you know, I'd, I'd give him rides to school and stuff so when they were much younger. And I'd say, uh, Cassie, what do you say to your friends, you know, after they've met your dad and they say, your dad is so cool. What do you say about it? She goes, dad, they never say that. They never say that. They never ask that. You know, I'd always tease her. And then one day she came up to me, she says, dad, the most amazing thing happened today. I said, what? She said, you know, when I was over with my friends, we were walking and one of my friends says, you know, your dad is really cool. It's the first time it's ever happened. Yeah. <laughs> so so we, we, we had a good laugh. Um, we have some fun uh, traditions with the kids. I used to tell them, um, I, I always say, you know, they, they'd be in a, you know, a bad mood or they'd start to whine or complain. And I'd say, what are the two things your dad's hate or your dad hates the most? They'd say whiners and complainers. And I said, that's right. Or no whiners and quitters, whiners and quitters. And I said, yeah. And what's the only time you're allowed to quit when we quit whining. <laughs> <laughs> So Brilliant. I, 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 I think, you know, you'd have to ask them. I think yeah. we have a pretty good relationship. You know, we're supportive. We have a family value that we cheer for each other. And I think they would think their dad's I love cheering that. for him. At least I would hope so. I, lo I love that. <laughs> I love that. And you're so passionate and 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 so positive in, in how you come across and, and how you talk. Um, I, I, I get loads of energy just in the, in the few conversations that, that I've had with you. So at the... There's, there's, there's something about you, Chester, that just just, just breeds um, positivity. And when you when you talk about 14 books, um, and why did you keep, why have you continued to write more and more books? Well, you know, it, it's life experience, right? Uh, our, our first several books were all written around um, employee recognition. You know, the carrot books, the carrot principle. 24 carat manager, managing carrots, the invisible employee, how carrots brings out the best in all your employees. You know, the daily carrot principle, you know, a carrot a day. Um, that's why I wear orange everywhere. Orange has become the de facto color. Most yeah. carrots, not all, but most carrots are are orange. And um, and, and then it, it progressed. You know, there was a time where Adrian and I leaned back and said, I don't know if we can write anything else on employee recognition. I think we've kind of uh, shot our wad on that. Yeah. <laughs> you know, and what more can we say? And that's, and, and that's part of the progress. And then we started to write on culture. You know, we wrote a book, All In, How the Best Managers Create a Culture of Belief that Drives Big Results. And then that was the first book we wrote on our own. You know, we'd had a wonderful career with a, a larger company where we met. And then the leadership changed, the culture changed, uh, you know, intellectual property was no longer um, valued, which was interesting. And so we went out on our own. And so that book for us is a seminal book. It really launched our own company, the carrot print or the, the culture works and our, our speaking and training and, and our executive coaching. And then we wrote a, a book called um, what motivates me. And we self-published that book and we have a motivators assessment in that book. And it allowed us, we've had 90,000 people take it. So we've got a wonderful proprietary database as to what are the key motivators for different generations, different genders, different industries in the workplace which can be incredibly valuable to, to leaders and teams and as you try to build your cultures, right? Then we wrote a book called The Best Team Wins, followed by Leading with Gratitude and then our latest book, since I know yeah. you're recording the video, Anxiety yeah. at Work. And it was very interesting for us. There was always the theme of gratitude. 
never met a great leader, great team, great culture that didn't have a, a celebratory culture, you know, where they, they valued their people. We, we, we talk about a, a healthy culture as a place where people believe what they do matters. They make a difference. And when they make a difference, it's noticed and celebrated that, that theme of gratitude, right? Great leaders are, are very good about giving credit where credit is due and uh, simple expressions of gratitude. So we went from more of the ceremonial recognition, which I think is very important, your rituals, right? Your traditions, mm -hmm. your, your plaques and symbols and so on, to the gratitude, which is the everyday. How do I feel about coming to work? Do I trust my manager? Do I feel confident enough to, to share important things with my you know, with my immediate supervisor, which led us to write the book about anxiety at work. COVID, I've shown the light on this. It's the number one work issue right now. I mean, way, I mean, beyond everything else. It dwarfs everything else. Because people are anxious about, do I have a job? Where am I going my job? Am I going to get sick? Do, you know, how am I going to look after my parents? How am I going to school my kids? And on and on. You know, stress is that momentary event. I've got to make a presentation and it, and it can pass. Anxiety is that thing in the back of your brain that just doesn't go away, right? It's yeah. just that kind of non at you. And it was fascinating to us that only, and we've got massive database, by the way, over a million engagement surveys that we, that we mine for insights. And then this is why we keep writing because we get more and more insights around culture, leadership, and of course, anxiety popped up. Only 10% of employees feel safe about talking to their immediate supervisor about any kind of um, wellness issues. Now, you break your leg, that's an easy one, right? Yeah. You get the flu, that's an easy one. You have an anxiety disorder, nobody wants to talk about that. And only 10% of people feel comfortable even bringing it up. So you think about that. That's a problem. Yes. Because if, if somebody says they're not suffering from anxiety, they're lying. Yeah. <laughs> like, like it's every, and, and obviously to varying degrees. Yeah. Right. And then what was really interesting, the last chapter in the book on anxiety is how do you, how do you use gratitude to deal with anxiety? Because it's really interesting. You know, you can't hold two emotions at the same time. You can't be in a state of gratitude and be anxious at the same time. So the U S military actually uses this with, you know, the Rangers and the SEAL teams and the special ops when they get in these really stressful anxiety-filled moments, they have them do breathing exercises and they mentally do a checklist of what they're grateful for. Wow. They try to get into a state of gratitude and it slows the heart rate, it calms the mind, and it allows you to focus and go about what you need to do. And, and you know, these men and women, of course, are just, I mean, involved in situations that hopefully you and I will never uh, be in, you know, matters of, of life and death. And so, I had an interviewer ask me, he said, you went from gratitude to anxiety? How does that, how does that work? I said, actually, it's hand in glove. Yeah. It's hand in glove. Yeah. yeah. When, you talk, when you talk about um, anxiety, and that, that figure that you've just said, about 10% of people not feeling comfortable or being able to, um, to speak to the, 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 um, the, the line manager, how, how do you get to a place where more people are comfortable knowing that it's okay to talk? Um, how, how do we go about that and tackling this problem? 
Well, that's the that's the sixty four thousand dollar question, right? Inflation is probably like the million dollar question, yeah. <laughs> and that's what you know. That's what we're hoping to solve in the book. You know, eight strategies to help teams build resilience, right? Deal with uncertainty, which is one of the biggest causes of anxiety, right? I'm just not sure, and then get stuff done. You know that that's the key. Uh, you know, we're at work. We need to get stuff done, and we can't get stuff done if we're uncertain, if we, we have these anxiety disorders. So as we interviewed remarkable leaders from all walks of life, you know, it was one of the keys for the leader to take away that stigma is to be vulnerable themselves yeah. and to admit that they're dealing with anxiety too. And offered up in a very genuine way, say, hey, listen, I know we're all on Zoom calls. And if you're like me, this is hour seven just today of Zoom and I got to tell you, I, I, it wears me out and I know it wears you out too. You know, if you're, just, if you're just anxious about stuff, believe me, so am I. If you need to talk about it, give me a call. Because I'm worried about my parents too. And, and yeah. I, don't, I, I don't think my kids are learning jack you know, on, on, on virtual school. And, and so they're vulnerable. They admit that they're suffering from it too. Now, we talked to a wonderful psychologist who said, you may never earn that trust as a leader. Which, which really wasn't what we wanted to hear. Yeah. <laughs> right? we like, oh, yeah, just do these three things. It solves your problem. He says, because there's a power dynamic there that never goes away. You're always going to be the boss. They're always going to be someone that works for you. And so he said, not only do you need to, as a leader to remove the stigma, be vulnerable, share your story. You need to get the team to feel comfortable with sharing it with the team, peer to peer. And, and again, they, they found this with soldiers that they weren't comfortable even talking to psychiatrists. They weren't comfortable talking to other soldiers because they'd been through the same thing. Yeah. And that light bulb went off and said, of course. You know, you sit down with a psychiatrist and say, well, have you ever had people shoot at you and try to kill you? Have you ever had to drag, you know, one of your comrades who's been mortally wounded? knowing that they're probably going to, have you ever had to hold your best friend in your arms? You, you see what I mean? Yeah, now yeah. that's the dramatic to make the point, bring it down to the, to the work level. Have you ever had, you know, more assignments than you can even count with half the resources you need to get it done with impossible deadlines and you got to be happy all the time. <laughs> you know, yeah. you can never admit that you can't get it done. Have you ever had to do that? No, because you're the one that's telling us we got to do it, yeah. you know? Yeah, so, yeah. you know, as, as leaders to get that group think, to, to create a safe place. And so what we've done to help mitigate that is we have actually started an online community. It's called wethrivetogether.global. It's a free community. You know, apply. We don't refuse too many people, right? Yeah. Um, and we create this safe place where you can talk to peers about wellness, about anxiety. Our podcast that we drop every Friday by the same name of, as the book, Anxiety at Work, we talk to business people, um, you know, thought leaders, uh, psychologists, psychiatrists. What are ways that you can deal with anxiety? So not just good information, tools, because you would think that through COVID that employee assistance programs would blow up. You think, oh my gosh, everybody's going there. Nobody's going there because they don't trust it. Yeah. Oh, it's confidential. Really? My credit card just got hacked. Don't tell me it's confidential. Somebody, yeah. Somebody's going to find out, right? So 
you know, the, the, the book we, we hope will give you a lot of insight, great data, case studies, stories, and so on, tools to deal with it. the podcast ongoing. What's the latest and greatest thinking. And then the community where you can come and just take a deep breath and say, Hey, these are people just like me. Yeah. I, I love and, that. Uh, so, so valuable, so such a valuable topic to discuss and, and, and making it okay to talk. I think it's so needed um, both professionally and personally. Um, I guess if, if somebody's in the workplace and because um, what you've got, you, you, you're offering um, additional resources where, where your where peer-to-peer conversations can take place. If you wanted to create an environment of high trust in your team and you're a leader and, and recognizing that point that actually people might not want to talk out um, with, whilst you're there. Um, are you encouraging teams to have peer-to-peer meetings or what, 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 are, what, are you, what what's the secret in the workplace? To, to create and build more trust to make it okay to talk? Yeah, I mean, you know, a lot of writing has been done about psychological safety at work. Yeah. Is it safe? So as a leader, you, you make it safe. You say, hey, look, I don't have to be in every meeting. I know that we're anxious. I know we're under a lot of stress and pressure. I know there's a lot of ambiguity. And so listen, if you guys want to get together, you know, give them the company Zoom link or, or give them permission. I've got a wonderful leader that I'm, I'm her executive coach at the World Bank, Mercy Niway, just one of the most remarkable people you'll ever meet. And she says, look, Friday, we have no meetings. No meetings on Friday. Friday is the day for you to catch up, take some time, take a deep breath, spend it with your family. Well, wow. You know, yeah. as we say, wow. You know, yeah, yeah, yeah. It's you know that gives you permission to to absolutely and see as a leader, whatever you do gives everybody else permission to do the same. Your behavior gives everyone else permission. If if you show up at five o'clock and you don't leave till eight o'clock, the message is: if you want my job, if you want to be a leader, those are the hours. Yeah, you know, if 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 you're a screamer, if you lead with fear, the message to your team is: you want to lead. You, 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 you better learn to yell and be nasty real fast because that's our culture. The opposite of that, of course, is, you know, we wrote about in leading with gratitude is, is that you're going to get more, more out of people with carrots than sticks, right? And you're going you're gonna to work harder. Leading with fear momentarily, you get a spike. Of course you do because people are terrified. Yeah. It's not sustainable. You know, um, stress is, is a great motivator. It causes us to jump up and, and run, right? The old caveman. Hey, danger, Will Robinson, you know, yeah. run, fight or, or flight, right? Um, at the same time, it's not, it's not sustainable. And so as you start to work through in a culture where people feel safe, a culture where people can talk about these issues is huge. And, you know, it takes a while. Trust is something that's earned over a long period of time. Can, can be destroyed in a moment with a careless remark. We've seen that through the Me Too movement and all kinds of things, right? Yeah. So, you know, I, I, I have a mantra, you know, I think my father would be proud. You know, you get up in the morning and your feet touch the ground and I say, listen, today, be kind, be grateful, and be of service. Be kind, be grateful, be of service. And I think that, you know, if, if your first inclination is to assume positive intent in people, we wrote a lot about that in, in Leading with Gratitude. Is like everybody's having a tough day. Just give them a, give them a beat. 
give him a little grace. I'll tell you a funny story. You and I were talking, by the way, um, you should sign up for our gratitude journal on LinkedIn. Uh, Lee told me the most <laughs> wonderful story about his relationship with his best friend, uh, Chris, and the lessons that he taught him. And we wrote it up in the article. It's going to, it's going to be in there in, in, in our gratitude journal. Um, and um, we talked about assuming positive intent in our, in our book, Leading with Gratitude. So I wrote this article. This was last year. It was, you know, it's, it's what are you grateful for? Said, oh, be grateful for hard times because that's when you really find out who you are. You know, your metal is tested. You know, the refiner's fire and I went on and on. Anyway, got tremendous response. People, oh, this is, thank you so much. I really needed to hear this. And I'm reading the comments and I'm responding back and I'm thinking, Chester, you really, you really are remarkable. This was a great idea. You, you, you've, you've got this. And then right in the middle, Lee, it was hilarious. Right in the middle, this guy writes, you're an idiot. <laughs> you're an idiot. I'm getting all this positive affirmation. You're an idiot. And I, I laughed out loud. And I thought, well, now's where you get to practice what you preach, right? So are you going to assume positive intent? And I lean back and I thought, you know, I don't know what this, this guy is going through. Yeah. He's probably having the worst day ever. He thought, I'm going to, you know, read one of Chester's articles on gratitude. It's going to buoy me up. And it's the article on I should be appreciative for this misery and living hell I'm going through right now because you're an idiot. So I thought, how can I, how can I cheer this guy up, right? So I, I responded, well, thank you. By the way, my children would agree. <laughs> <laughs> now, he never responded back. Yeah. Uh, the, the point is, is look, being kind costs nothing. Assuming positive intent costs you nothing. And yet the return on that simple investment of listening, of genuinely caring, of building a, a culture where you know people trust you that if it's confidential, it's confidential. If they're struggling, they can talk to you. Look, that, that, that just goes a long way. And one of the most remarkable things a leader said to us when asking this question, we said, so how do you help leaders? You know, he's a leader, a wonderful company out of London, actually. HR leaders, Chris Rainey. If, you haven't, if you're not following Chris Rainey, you should. He's, he's amazing. He said, I said, so what advice would you give to leaders when somebody comes in there anxious? He says, just realize you don't have to have all the answers. In fact, they don't want you to give them the answers. They just want you to listen. Isn't that remarkable? It is, yeah. Yeah, no, I, re I really like that. Really like that. And just to pick up on something you just you mentioned a couple of minutes ago about your newsletter. Um, in fact, your new so 14 books. Um, and how many copies did you say that you'd sold? 1.4, was it? Yeah, it's like 1.6, I think. We're, we're, One, we're tracking 1.6, am amazing. And then you've got your newsletter. I think before we hit record, you said you're at 72,000 subscribers, is it? Something like that? Uh, Yes. You know, it's been out uh, almost a year now, or maybe just over a year. Yeah. And, and you know what? We have 625,000 followers on LinkedIn. Yeah. And we just, you know, it's, I, I think this message of gratitude, being kind, being generous, you know, being grateful and being of service. I, I think it's a message that you can never hear too much. Right. Yeah. But I think you're right. But what's your secret? Because you, because you've got such a following um, and is, is it just because it's been um, such a period of time where you've been consistent with the same message or is it because of the power of the message that you're sharing? Is it the frequency of the value 
that you offer is it just because you are the world's nicest manchester what what is what is the secret <laughs> well you know i i never tell people this because it really is one of my deepest darkest secrets but i think i can trust you with it lee yeah, uh, yeah. i i literally have 625,000 unique emails. <laughs> so all those followers, literally, it's just me. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> um, you know, I think it's, you know, all kidding aside, I, I think it's everything you said. I think it's being consistent. I think it's showing up. You know, one of the great uh, lessons, I, uh, again, in, in our family and our business is uh, to just show up. It's important to show up. Yeah. You know, nothing good can happen if you don't. Lots of yeah. good things can happen if you do. And this idea of, you know, be grateful, show up. So, you know, we show up twice a month with our letters. You know, we, I've got a, a fun thing that I do. And it's, it's really more for me than anybody else. I post a photo every day on LinkedIn, something I'm grateful for. You know, this morning I posted a photo. I got my first um, Pfizer COVID shot yesterday. And, yeah. and they, they, they don't let you take pictures in the facility for security reasons, I guess, but they did have a selfie spot because they knew people wanted <laughs> to record it, you know, for buses. Yeah. I'm in their selfie, 50,000 shots that day, you know, um, at that location. I, I don't know, maybe not that location, maybe in the state. And, um, and I posted that and said, hey, you know, one step closer to being able to hug strangers. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And, uh, and so, you know, you show up every day. You show up twice a month with your, your newsletter. You show up, you know, we've got a LinkedIn live show we're going to do later today with some remarkable leaders sharing their stories of, 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 of gratitude and, uh, and, and success. So, yeah, I, I think it's like anything, you know, you reap what you invest and, you know, in a relationship, if you're in a, a great marriage, and I'll, I'll be married 38 years this year to the lovely Heidi Olson Elton, and you invest in it every day. I mean, you show up every day. You, you, if it's if it means something to you, you invest in it, in it every day. So, yeah, amazing. Really a long and winding answer to a very simple question. I no, I no, I, I, no, not not in the slightest. Because I, I think it it says it says so much about you and and how your values and you as a person and 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 I think it 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 comes across. You you just saw you are you are authentically you, and it appears like you've been authentically you for for God knows how many years. Um, and, and so because you've been talking about the same topics and, and, and or different slants on it, but the, the gratitude is important. And it all started with your father right at the start of this, uh, of the, of this conversation. Um, and it's just it's just in you and it's just who you are. What's next for you, though, Chester? Well, we're, we're heavily invested in anxiety at work. We just yeah. really think there's a lot of people out there suffering. They need the message. They need the tools. They, they need they need to go to you know, ritual. Um, they need to develop good relationships. And uh, so we're very heavily invested in that in our community in our in our podcast. And, and, and we never, we never leave behind the gratitude message. It's, it's foundational in everything we do. And I, I will tell you just as, as we're kind of wrapping up, I know we're getting to time here. I think it's really important as, as you well know, to, uh, to make good friends. Yeah. I mean, I'm going to channel Chris, yeah. your, your best mate, Chris, you know, make good friends. And what I love about that lesson that he taught you is when he said, make good friends, you never know when you're going to need them. Yeah. And I'd like to add to that. And you know what? You're never going to know when they need you. Yes. 
and they need you to show up. What I love about the story you shared with me with Chris is, yeah, he was a great mentor to you and a great inspiration with the lessons he taught you, right? Yeah. Uh, time, time is short, make good friends and be yourself, be yeah. genuine, right? The fact is though, that when he needed you, you showed up. Yeah. You showed up. And I think that's, that's a great lesson. You know, there was a pivotal, everybody has multiple inflection points. There was a, a pivotal point in my life when I was 19 years old. And uh, I'm, I'm very devout in my faith. I'm a very devout Christian. I'm a member of the Church of Jesus Christ of Latter-day Saints. And we have this massive missionary <laughs> movement. I mean, if you've seen Mormon missionaries with the little tags on the bicycles and the white shirts, that, I, that was me for two years yeah. in Southern Italy. You open the letter and it says you have to spend the next two years of your life in Southern Italy. That's when you know Jesus loves you. Because I mean, I like, <laughs> are you kidding me? I could have been in the jungles of Colombia and I'm in yeah. Southern Italy eating the best food with the nicest people with this beautiful language that I learned. In that moment, in those two years, I learned to appreciate a different culture, a different mindset, different food, a different language. You know, when you speak a different language, your personality changes. You can't help it. Yeah. You know, when I speak English, I'm the English speaking Chester. When I speak Italian, I'm the Italian Chester. Yeah. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> and, um, and, when you're a missionary, you don't work. Your job is to wake up in the morning and just try to make somebody else's day a little better. Yeah. You know, preaching the gospel, whether they join your church or not is really secondary. It's, did you bring a little goodness? Did you bring a little light? Did you bring a little joy to somebody today? And you do it yeah. for two years. Well, you talk about showing up, laying a foundation, my father and my family, my mission, the wonderful friends that surround me, a remarkable wife that just loves me so well and unconditionally, four exceptional children, right? And, and then you talk about finding a, a partner like Adrian Gostick, who's a brilliant writer and just a faithful friend. Um, you know, I'm the luckiest guy I know. And, it's, and it comes back to, will I show up for them in a yeah. heartbeat? I mean, yeah. I love it when people say, can I ask you for a favor? I say, well, be careful because the answer is yes. So yeah. what do you need? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, I, I love that. But you I know. think it's, all, it's also a testament to you and, and the amount of light that you're bringing to so many people as well. I think it comes back to what you were saying about, about Chris and, and being there for each other. You are there as equally as, as everybody else is there. So you are shining that bright light. And, and when I come back and say that you are the nicest man, I, I genuinely mean that because <laughs> uh, because, uh, but that's that's the light that you, you are shining on so many people and with the work that you're doing. So... Um, Final final question for you, Chester. If people want to know more about you, sign up for your newsletter, join your groups, um, communities, where would they go? What would they do? What's the best way to go about it? Yeah, ChesterElton.com. That's easy. You know, we've got all our stuff there. Uh, follow me on LinkedIn. Sign up for the uh, Leading with Gratitude uh, newsletter. Join our, our, our band of, of merry people. Um, uh, we have our podcast, uh, Anxiety at Work. We'd love you to participate there. And boy, if you... Have, if you're anxious, if you just need a safe place to talk and be surrounded by just really good people that, that have gone through what you're going through and are going through what you're going through, we thrive together.global. We thrive together.global. So LinkedIn, ChesterElton.com, we thrive together.global. I think that's probably more than you need. Would, would love to see you there. And uh, Lee, uh, grateful 
for the wonderful friendship you and I have developed just over the last couple of weeks and the stories you've shared in this gracious invitation to ask me to be on your podcast. Thank you very much. No, the pleasure is all mine, Chester. And it's been an absolute pleasure to uh, to get to know you a little bit better over the last few weeks. So thank you so much. And thanks so much for your time this morning. Um, have a lovely rest of your day. Cheers. Thanks for listening to Business Problems Solved. You can contact Lee on LinkedIn, Facebook, Instagram, or Twitter by searching for Lee Horton, the business problem solver, or via visiting www.leehorton.com for more content and to solve your business problems. And remember, saying you know how to do it is not doing it.